Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. so intense in the worship on the front row that I was forgetting that I had to get up here and preach to you guys. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad to be here today. I know that was anticlimactic what I just did there, but I'm so glad to be up here today. I'm glad to share God's word with you today. I really was back there going, oh, I mean, I love that song. I love those words. And I was thinking about I was going to walk up here and share with you guys today, and I was thinking to myself on the front row that it's so cool to know that uh, we all get to come and worship together. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they said, oh, man, I've been watching online, Pastor West. I've been watching online. I said, that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. There is something about when we all come together in the room. There is something about when we all come together in the room, and if you have to watch online, then that's awesome. But I think sometimes we, we make choices depending on how we want to make choices. But I think we can, if we can be in the room, we ought to be in the room. If you're watching online, you got to be at home. I, I do love the online technology. I'm not dissing it. I think some people, they got to watch online, health reasons, all the things. Um, but I'm just so thankful that we get to be in this house together. We get to worship Jesus together. And so um, I have a word today that I think will help you, that will shift you, and that will move you in the right direction. My wife last night was supposed to be in, supposed to lead worship this morning, and, and she texted me at about, me and Gabe at about 8.30. I was like, hey, I'm not going to make it. I wish I could be there, but I'm not going to be able to make it. And, and that 8.30, getting in at 9.30 from Atlanta turned into being getting home at 3 a.m. last night. And, and then you know how it works, parents. If you have a 3 a.m. flight, usually your kid, you, normally what happens is one of your kids wakes up sick. That's normally what happens if you have a 3 a.m. flight. And so that began to ensue today. So I came today to church, and I was super excited to, um, to hear from God's Word. But I've already been here. I've already, I came this morning. I went back home and picked up another few more kids, and, and we made it here today. But we made it here today. You know, here's what I realized today. A lot of us here, you made it. All week long, the enemy's trying to pull you out of church. All week long, the enemy's trying to discourage you and make, make you not want to be here. But he got you here today. And I believe we, if we lean in today, that God's going to have a powerful, powerful experience with us today. And I believe through the worship already today that he's already done that. Last week, you guys, we baptized 16 people last week. Can we thank God for that? That's 16 people that gave their life to Christ. That's 16 people who were being transformed. That's 16 people who, who were trying to be as best they can to follow to follow Jesus, we all should be trying to do that. And so I'm so, so, so thankful for that last week. It was incredible. But we've been in a series called Good Grace, and I hope you come back next week. Next week, we have a very first next week. We're having Merch Sunday. We've never, ever sold merch in our church before. And you might be saying, why are you guys selling merch? Because we want people to know that we're, we want you to be able to rep your brand, okay? And so we wear all these brands. Someone, I went golfing with uh, Nelson yesterday, and, and uh, we were talking about the different basketball teams that are in there. We, we spend so much money on our favorite jersey, our favorite football team, our favorite tennis player. I don't know if you do that or not, but we spend so much money on whatever it is that we like. And we spend a lot of effort. So there's a chance next week for you to have, there's all kinds of things. We want you to be a part of it. We'll share with you more of what we're going to have next week. But... I think it'll be a great Sunday, and we got a word for you. It's family Sunday. It's going to be an incredible week. Also, next week, we're also going to have Jeremiah's water ice, which I just don't know. Growing up in church, we never had that, and so I just feel like this makes our church better than a lot of other churches. <laughs> I'm kidding. It makes our church better than the church that I grew up at. We've been in a series called Good Grace, and we've been looking at one passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says this, God saved all y'all. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, he saved us, the children of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't, you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. And so we've been using this definition of grace as the unmerited favor of God. There's nothing you can do. The last week I gave you guys, a, I used an illustration of a jacket that I received from a friend of mine that, that I didn't earn it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't buy it. It was literally just, hey, here's this gift. It's just unmerited favor that I received from this, 
from this friend. So it's, it's unmerited it's unmerited favor. And God saved you by his grace. There's nothing that you could do to get God to save you. You can't do enough good things. You can't go to enough church services. You can't go to enough online services or in person. It doesn't matter how many times you've gone to church. You cannot earn your way. You can't serve in the nursery enough. You can't give enough. And praise God that where we get the opportunity that God allows us to give back to the church. When you give here, by the way, it allows us to do so many more incredible things around the community here and then around the world. But there's not enough giving. There's not enough serving. There's not enough groups that you can attend to make God want to love you more or love you less. It's the grace of God. Period. And so he saved us by his grace. He looked at you and said, you need to be saved. And he saved you. And so I, got to, I want to give you a couple of thoughts around grace this morning. Before I normally I preach a passage of scripture. And then after I preach that passage of scripture, I give you two things. But I want to give you two things really quick at the upfront. I want to read a passage of scripture and then give you two more things. And here's what I want you to know about grace. I believe this, that grace changes everything. That's the sermon title I want to preach. I believe, that, I believe that grace has the power to literally change everything in your life. And if you've been in our church long enough, it may not change your situation, but it can change your spirit. It may not change everything on the outside, but it changes your inside. I believe that grace can change. I believe that grace can change everything. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, to back that up to you today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anybody who belongs to Christ is a brand new, they can change. Can you bring this down just a little bit, Courtney? I'm a little bit yelly today. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I'm a little bit yelly today. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, they become a new person. They, they change. Anyone who's, who's accepted the grace of God, that person, that person can change. The Bible says the old life is gone. A new life has begun. You should have a new life. There should be visible. There should be some evidences of the change that's happened from God. The grace can change everything. The Bible tells that you should have a new life. The old life that's passed away and you have a new life. And you might be looking around going, Pastor West, I don't have a new life. I look the same. We're going to talk about what that looks like whenever the change doesn't happen as fast as we would like it to. But the reality is that God has the power to change everything in your life. God has the power to change you. He has the power to raise dead things back to life and sick things to become whole. And all the words of the songs that we've sang today, I believe that God has the power to change everything. He tells us that in his word, or in his word today. This, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You were old before you were baptized, before you were saved. The Bible says that you were an old creature, but now you can become a new creature. Here's what he says in John. Here's what God says in John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine. And the church is the branches. And those who remain in me, and I in them, they will produce fruit. Or they will, they will change. Grace can change. Anybody with the grace of God in their life, they can change. Because here's what he says. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And apart from God, you cannot change. So if you've had anything that's happened to your life that's changed in a positive direction, it's because of the grace of God in your life. We talked about it, we joked about it a little bit a few weeks ago about how when you get a front row parking spot in, in downtown Winter Garden, like that's the grace of God in your life. Yesterday I hit a couple, couple, couple of good shots. Uh, Brian, um, Nelson and I went, went golfing yesterday and 7 a.m. And um, I was telling Gabe this morning, Nelson, this is a little bit judgmental towards you, um, but I was telling Gabe, I said, I golfed yesterday at 7 a.m. He goes, you went with Nelson, didn't you? <laughs> Nelson is the 7 a.m. tea time. I don't know anyone who gets the 7 a.m. tea time, but Nelson gets it. But when you get the first tea time, no one's in front of you, you know what I'm saying? And the good news about no one being in front of you is not that it slows you down, but it lowers your chances, Justin, of hitting somebody with your golf ball. <laughs> That's the level of golf that I'm at, you know? And so, and I, I hit a couple of good shots, and Nelson goes, that was the grace of God in your life. And I'm like, yeah, I know, trust me. Like, I, I, my eyes were closed, so I know it was the grace of God. 
But I believe grace has the power to change everything. The Bible says that if you've had some change in your life, if you've had the, the power of God in your life, the Bible says that things, things can change. Uh, you, don't, you didn't want to hang out. You wouldn't have liked the 15-year-old West Beecham. You might not have liked the 25. Some of you guys don't like the 40-year-old version of West Beecham. <laughs> and I'm not even 40 yet. You're like, I don't, I'm not going to like you in two weeks. Some of you guys may not like me towards the end of this message today. But the Bible tells me that whenever you get around God's word, he begins to change us. And I hope that you're coming today, not because you're like, man, I, I, whatever it is you're coming for, I hope at some point in your life you're going, man, I, I want to be changed by God. I want, I want to, when I come on Sunday morning, I want to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God has the power and the grace has the power to change anything. So if those verses are true, I believe this, that grace, grace changes the inside. Your insides, God wants to change you. God wants to change you on the inside, these verses tell me that you become old and your, your old has gone away and you become a new creature. The, the Bible, these verses illustrate to me that grace can change and grace does change the inside. And what we need more than anything is we need the inside to change. So many people, I, I, hopefully that you've come long enough to know this is not I'm, not, I'm not offering you behavior modification because that doesn't last very long. Have you ever noticed that before? I'm going to try to be good. How long does that last for trying to be good? <laughs> I remember when a kid walked to me a few years ago, he goes, or maybe about 10 years ago, he goes, Pastor Wes, my life has changed. I'm not smoking trees anymore. And I'm like, why are you smoking trees? You know, that's my naivety. He's like, I'm talking about pot, Pastor Wes. Come on, give the program. I'm like, party. I said, he's like, I'm never going to do it ever again. I go, why don't we just ask God to change your insides? And let's start there. And let's, let's begin to, we're going to want to do all these dramatic changes. Right? Like, we, we, we bought these houses that are fixer-uppers, and what do we do? We start painting on the outside, and people get inside, and go, yo, the inside is terrible. Like, why don't you fix the foundation? You know what I'm saying? Like, we begin to do all these cosmetic things. Behavior modification only lasts for so long. It doesn't last forever. And I believe that the grace of God didn't come to change us on the outside so we can look good, act good, smell good. I believe the grace of God came to change on the inside of us, to change your thoughts and to change your mind. The Apostle Paul said, hey, guys, I want to check on you guys. I want to know how your soul is. Is your soul well? I want your soul to be well. When I meet with people, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I talk with a lot of people. I'm glad your businesses are going good. I'm glad all the things look good and all things on the outside are good. I'm glad you're selling more houses than you've ever sold. I'm glad that you're 401k. Bad, bad sense of subject. But I'm glad whatever that you have that's going good for you. Is going, I'm glad you got the new car. I'm glad for all those things. But the reality is I want, I want, I want to know how people, how are you on the inside? How is your soul doing? Because if your soul is well, usually you're doing pretty good. The car, will, the car will become old eventually. The, I was tallying up the, the gas prices the other day. <laughs> My gas prices. I, we drive two bigger vehicles. I was telling Nelson, I said, Nelson, I don't know about these gas prices. I said, I don't know what people are going to think about me, but I'm like, I think I might, I might have to get a Tesla. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But don't we think I'm just going to buy this thing and it's going to make me better. I'm going to buy this, and we begin to change the outside. I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this. And it doesn't really change the inside, but what we really need the most is the inside to be changed. And here's what I believe. I believe the grace changes the inside, but I also believe this, that when the inside changes, the outside will follow. When the inside changes, I believe the outside will follow. I was with a friend of mine this week, and he was, I'm just really, really struggling. I, I said to him, I said, if you on the inside think that it can't be done, then it really doesn't matter what happens on the outside. It really starts with your, it really starts with your mind and the, on the inside. If you think you're never going to make it, then guess what you're probably going to do? Did you know this? I think Craig Rochelle says this. He says this. He's like, you, you're going to go in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
If you think you're going to be unsuccessful, then you're going to, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be unsuccessful. Do you know what most people think that are successful? They think they're going to be successful. The people that think they're going to make it, you know what they normally do? They normally make it. The people that are going to, they're going to, they're going to try to become something, they're going to at- at- attain that thing, you know what they do? They go after it. And here's what I believe. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he wants to change the inside. But when the inside changes, then the outside begins to follow. But so many times as Christians, we start with the outside first. Pastor West, I got saved. I want to go on a missions trip. <laughs> like, that's not going to change you. Like, it starts on the inside. Pastor West, I want to serve and I want to give. All those are great things. But the Bible is over and over again talks about the inside. When the inside is changed, then the outside begins to fall. And all throughout Scripture, we read Scripture and all throughout it, Men and women that are, that are in these scriptures, that we're seeing lives of people who were, were studying people's lives that were changed. This book is a story about a bunch of people whose lives were completely changed on the inside. And then when the inside was changed, then the outside was changed. We see men and women who, who their, when their life, when they were pursuing God and they were following God, then usually the outward actions begin to look like their insides were changed. But whenever we see on things on the outside that aren't going the way they should go, we, we go back and we realize, man, there's something in the heart. You know, the Bible says that man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. The inside is what matters to God. And so in light of the series we're calling Grace, is the grace in your life, has it transformed you? And if it's transformed the inside, then again, it begins to transform the outside. I want to read a passage of scripture to you today that may or may not step on your toes. You may or may not like it today, but I'm going to go with it anyways. First John chapter 2. Verse 1, the Bible says, my dear children, the, the writer here, John is telling the guys, hey guys, my dear children, which means that there's a term of endearment. He says, I love you guys. I know you well. Like, I know you guys. It's a, it's a small group of people. It's a little church. They didn't have big worship centers like we have today and, and culture. It was just house churches all throughout, all throughout the world. And then as the world begins to evolve, we've been able to get bigger buildings and, and gather people. And I'm not against gathering people. And I, I love small groups. I think small groups is where it's at. Because of these churches and because of these letters, it's why I think, I think small groups are such an important part. And you got to be in a small group. you got to be around a group of people who know you really, really well. you gotta, you, you got to be around some people in your life that they, they, they've seen your house dirty. Come on, because if they see your house dirty, they, know, they can know the dirty parts of your inner, inner part of your life. <laughs> You need some people in your life that when you, when you leave your room, be, bedroom door open, they can look at it and go, and he doesn't have it all together. <laughs> My kind of person. You know, like you need some people in your life like that. You need some people that see your bed unmade the way I believe it should be. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way that I believe. Diana's not here, so I can say whatever I want to say. So, he, so, the, so John's saying, hey, I know you guys well. I'm writing you. This is, this is, a, this is a pretty powerful one-liner. I'm writing this so you guys will quit sinning. And my, I woke up this morning and God gave me this message title for another day, another time. <laughs> and the message title was this, quit doing that. <laughs> Seriously, quit doing, like stop doing that. And he, what he's saying is, I'm writing this so Hope Church, you guys will quit sinning. You're like, now Pastor West, this is not a very popular message for a church that's growing in the community. It's just reality. If you're here long enough and you hear, and you hear me preach for 52 Sundays or over seven years, you're going to get the passage of Scripture where the Bible says, hey, I'm writing this so you guys will quit sinning. Stop sinning, quit doing that. He's telling us, quit doing that. And he says to him, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. So if you are sitting in here today and you find yourself constantly sinning, because we're, you're like going, Pastor West, that's a little anticlimactic, we're all sinners. But if you find yourself habitually repeating the same sin after the same sin after the same sin, here's good news for all of us. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. We're gonna be okay. He's like, you're gonna be okay and so a lot of us, sometimes when we read scripture, we take out part of it and we go in, if we sin, it's okay because God says it's okay. 
But we're like, I don't like the first part because the first, some, there's two, things, two types of people in here. There are people who are going the first part and the second part is verse. I like the second part, but I don't like the first part. Because <laughs> here's the reality. When I've preached this whole grace thing, a lot of people are like, well, Pastor West, it sounds like we have a license to sin. We can do whatever the heck we want to do. And I, I'm going, no, he's actually saying, don't sin. I, there's grace, but quit sinning. Like, it changes everything. Clothed in grace, the grace of God, unmarried to favor. He said, but stop doing that. You guys, have, if you have kids in your day, how many times a day do you say quit doing that? <laughs> I've said it to some of your kids, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't know how many times I've said to my kids, quit yelling. Me and your mom don't yell. Why are y'all yelling? Like, stop, stop yelling. He goes, hey, I, I want you guys to know, dear guys, like you guys are sitting, I've heard about, I got reports back, and you're sitting, stop doing that. He goes, <clears throat> you have an advocate, and he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Like, he's perfect. He's the standard. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for all of our sins, and not only our sins, but for the sins of all the world. So, like, you're, the blood of Jesus covered all of your sins, but you don't just get to go on a rampage. Well, I already dinged my car, Pastor West, so I might as well go and run to a few more cars. No, 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 no. I've already messed up a little bit, so I might as well just go ahead and just throw this thing in overdrive and just keep on going. I've already crossed the line, so I might as well keep on. I must give you because we're not doing that. The blood of Jesus covered our sins. He's changed everything, but he's saying to you and I, because I want you to quit doing that. I want you to live a life that's righteous. I want you to live a life that's the kind of life that God says, wow, that, that's, and he goes on a little bit further. He goes, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. I want you to quit sinning. But if you do sin, God's got you. He's atoned or paid for the price of all of our sins. His blood's covered every single sin. But we want to really know if we're followers of Jesus, we know if we're followers of Jesus if we actually obey his commands. If we really, exceed, if we really receive the, the message, only grace or the good grace, whatever series, whatever part of the series that you like the most, if you really, really have experienced the grace of God, he goes, you'll start obeying the commands of God if you really get the grace of God. You're not going, I got the grace of God. I can do whatever I want to do. And a lot of people do that. There's a lot of people that just, I, I can do whatever I want. God knew I was going to do that. God knew that you were going to do that. So he died on the cross for your sins so you didn't have to. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. He knew I would do all those things. He knew all those things. He goes everywhere you go if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And he says here, you, don't, don't do that. Here's what he says in verse 4. This is like so easy. I don't even need my, I don't even need my notes today. Like I'm just going to read the Bible to you. <laughs> If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. This is such a fun passage of Scripture to preach to you guys today. I love this passage of Scripture. Some of y'all go, dude, I brought my friend, you freaking jerk. <laughs> the Bible is clear. If you read it from Genesis to Revelation, yes, he's full of love. And yes, he's full of grace. But he's going, hey, it should begin to change the inside. And then the inside changes and the outside begins to follow. If you have the grace of God in your life, the places that you go, the things that you say, the things that you do, it should begin to change. You should begin. There are some things you should run from when you become a follower of Jesus Christ. Pastor West, I just don't know why I can't get rid of that. Well, you keep on going back to it. I know why you can. <laughs> Pastor West, I don't know why I can't just get going and go in the right direction. I'm like, because you're the average of your five closest friends. That's why. There is some work that you have to go and do. I was at the barber shop yesterday getting my head shaved. And you're probably thinking, what, are you getting? what haircut do you get? I was getting my hair shaved and getting my beard lined up, all those things. And my barber was telling me, he goes, man, tomorrow morning I go to the same, I go to the same barber that, uh, that, that Josh goes to. Actually, he's my second in line. I go to, my first guy was gone. But my barber was telling me yesterday, he goes, hey, I'm training for a 70-mile ride on a bicycle. 
I said, dude, cycling is expensive. He goes, yeah, dude, I changed my gears the other day. $1,400 to change my gears. I was talking to one guy. He bought, he, he bought a bicycle. He told me, I said, how much is that bicycle worth? He said, that bicycle is worth $7,000. I said, bro, I bought a Harley Davidson. I bought a Harley Davidson, 100-year edition for $5,000 with a motor that can get me places without me pedaling. And you paid $7,000 to move your legs and, all, and wear tight pants, tighter than these ones, like short and tight? <laughs> Sounded a little bit judgmental at first. I had to resurrect it, but... He goes, yeah, man, I'm training for this 70-mile ride. And I said, man, that's incredible. I don't, yeah, I did it for He goes, but once I accomplished this, he goes, I'm really, I, what I really want to do is I want to go for this, I want to do this 100-mile ride, six hours on a bicycle. I can relate, 26 miles of running, five and a half hours is my, is my, is my marathon time. He's telling us, hey, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to put some work in. It's going to have to look a certain kind of way. You're going to have to train. The Bible actually says you got to train yourself up in godliness. And so he tells us if someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and, and is not living truth. And he's going, he's going, hey, guys, come on, let's live this thing out. Let's train ourselves up in godliness. First John chapter 2, the next verse says this in verse 5. But those who obey God's word truly show how they completely love him. That is how we know that we are living in Jesus. When we begin to obey his commands. Now, it isn't so cool about God. God's not going, you need to obey my commands, but he's never ever telling you what they are. That would be tricky. There'd be, that would not be gracious. That would not be your gracious God. But he's going, hey, I want you to live out my commands. And by the way, here they are. I don't know if anyone's coming back next week. I don't know if this is helping anyone, but this is, these are the kinds of things in scripture where the Bible says in the end days, we're going to figure out who's actually following Jesus or not. These are, this, this, is the, this is the kind of message, by the way. This is a, the grace of God is, is a, you need to get that figured out. You need, it's grace alone, it's grace alone. But you need to get the, the reality that you're gonna have to work this thing out. You don't get muscles by sitting at home eating Doritos. You have to work out. You don't have spiritual muscles. That's, this is, that's pretty simple. You don't have spiritual muscles unless you start to read the word and pray and Begin to ask God to use these things to flesh out in your life. You, you just, you don't, you don't get that. You don't get that. We're going, oh, I never, if you don't read the Bible, then you're probably, an, you're probably an anemic Christian if you don't read the Bible. You got to get in this word. Like once a week with me ain't enough. But those who obey God's word, thanks Matt, truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know that we are living in him. The next verse says this, those who say that they live in God, should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, now I know you're not coming back next week. <laughs> you want me to live my life the way that Jesus did? I'm not interested. Well, you're already in. You've already accepted the grace of God. This is not an option for you. <laughs> you actually get to do what Jesus did. Well, that sounds scary, Pastor Wes. Well, I know, it, it's very, trust me, it's very scary. <clears throat> but the Bible tells us that if we look at just that verse, we're going, oh my goodness, I am doomed and I, I'm out. But it, if we go back to verse two, the verse two tells us that we have an advocate who's gonna go before us. I woke up really early this morning and, um, and God pointed me to a passage of scripture today. And I, I, I highlighted some things in scripture that I, I wanted to share with you guys today. And I was reading Romans chapter six, God pointed me to there. 
Romans chapter six, verse one. This is not on the screen, guys. Romans chapter six, verse one. Here's what he says. If we've accepted the grace of God, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us how more and more his wonderful grace is? If we've accepted the grace of God, should we continue to sin? Should we continue to go in that direction? And he says in verse two, in that direction, of course not. We have not died. We have not died to sin. How can we continue to live in it? He goes, we, like that's old. We're, if we're new creature, Wes, and we're sons of God, Wes, and daughters of God in here today, we're not gonna keep on sinning because we have the grace of God. So the grace of God gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We're not, he goes, we're not, Paul goes, we're not doing that, guys. Paul goes, hey guys, we're gonna live this thing out. He goes, we know that our old sinful selves, they were crucified with Christ so that, we, that, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Romans is such an awesome passage of scripture. Go ahead and hang out at it today. Romans, the whole entire book of Romans is awesome. No wasted words with God's word. <laughs> For when we die with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Quit doing that. When I say quit doing that 15 minutes ago, some of you guys are gonna go, I know exactly what I need to quit doing. I know exactly what I need to quit doing. I know the exact direction I need to turn away from and I, need, I know I need, who I need to turn to. If you consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ, do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Here's the reality here today. We all have sinful desires. Everyone raise their hand. Every one of you guys have sinful desires. <laughs> we all have sinful desires. But we don't have to give in to them every single time. We don't have to. We have an advocate. I don't know about you, but when I know that I, when I found out that I had an advocate that hit me some years ago, I'm like, I got an advocate. I'm good to go. I have an advocate. Sorry, I have an advocate. <laughs> World's best lawyer. I got him with me. <laughs> world's best, hey, strong, world's strongest man. He's with me. I, I have an advocate. You guys, I would love to fight all my battles and I've got some, but I'm so thankful to know that I have an advocate. I was telling Nelson, I'm still thinking, I, I got to spend some time with, on the phone or in person with all of our trustees this week because I need some help. And he was saying, what about the overseers? I, I talked to the overseers, talked to my youth pastor last week because I'm going through a storm. And I'm, those, I got some great guys in my corner. But you know what I really got even better than all those guys? I have an advocate. <laughs> I got a freaking advocate who's the best advocate in all the world. <laughs> like, I mean, like the world's best advocate is my best friend. And he is your best friend. So we get to have that. This passage of scripture is so powerful. Sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now you're going, Pastor West, I like that word freedom. That's so much better than the law. That sounds like, I like that. You talk about freedom, but I got freedom, but you're telling me not to sin. Yeah, you're free to follow the commands of God. And you've been free from the chains of bondage. And you've been free from the thing that so easily besets you or that pulls you by the thing. Sometimes it's sin, we let us yank us. This is for you, Kelsey. We let sin go like that. And it just, it's a little stronghold and it pulls you back and you keep on going back. Showing off, showing off now. And sometimes when that sin grabs you, here's what I've learned. This was, here's my technique. 
Whenever the enemy grabs me by the hem, he loves to grab me about every Monday morning. I had to just and yank away from him and just, I go running. I go running, Cindy. Cindy posted today that people that talk about running, people that make running look fun, they're, they're kind of lying, all right? And I told Cindy, the truth is that the runners are preparing for the zombie apocalypse. And we don't want you guys to do it with us because we wanted them to get you. You don't want to be faster than everybody, but you got to be faster than somebody. You know, you want the zombie to get them, so we're going to be gone. That's where we're at on this deal. When the sin grabs you, you have to just... So some of you are going, Pastor West, that was a lot for me. That what you did, like... Don't you realize that you become the slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you're wholeheartedly obeying this teaching that we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you've become slaves to righteous living. Like you're gonna be a slave to something. I, I wanna be slave to righteous living. I want people to say, man, he's just living right. She's living right. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right, but not any longer. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things that you used to do, things that end in eternal doom, but now you are free from the power of sin and you become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Now you do things that result into life-giving things, righteous living, because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. <clears throat> be patient <clears throat> and work it out. My, ad, my admonition to you today is if you're in some things, you're going, you know, this is just, then run. Don't hang around with it. Run as fast as you can. You need to know this. The grace does change everything. Things may change slow, but I want to encourage someone today, the change is coming. If you keep on taking the step, keep on taking the step and you keep on taking the step you get closer and closer to right living you keep on going the because the advocate's going i got you the advocate you have an advocate she has her dad's her advocate but her and her dad's her advocate her dad's my advocate i've known her dad i've known her dad for as long as she's been alive i've known her dad and he's a great advocate but we have an advocate and the father going i'm going with you and the change is coming. When I worked for her dad, sometimes he had to pull me in the office and give me a slow. I deserved it. And he, but here, here's what I knew. He goes, hey, he goes, tell me, hey, the change is coming. The change is coming. Keep going. The change is coming. You might not see the change, but the change is happening. It happens on the inside first. And once the inside changes, then the outside follows. I want to invite you all across the way to stand to your feet, all across the way. Would you bow your head and would you close your eyes wherever you're watching at? Say, if you're watching online, would you bow your head and close your eyes also? Would you take a moment today? This is not a big end on, a, on this big high note and, and a rally the troops kind of message. I know that, but here's what I know. We want to be right living. We want to have right living. It comes with the advocate. So while your heads are bowing your eyes, goes, would you spend some time with God today? Would, would you make your seat an altar? And say, God, I want to have right living. God, I want to be, God, I want to be living 
I want to be living for you, God. I want this. I want the change. I, God, just God, I need the Spirit to be in my life, moving. I need the the advocate that we were talking about today. I need that advocate. I need that advocate just to to go before me. Maybe you're here today and you've never ever given your life to Christ. You're like I would. I, you're going. I need that advocate. Right where you're at, would you just say, "Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross for my sins. Today, I'm inviting you into my life." to save me would you make me new would you change me God would you help me to have right living would you help me to be righteous the way that you are righteous God and say Jesus thank you for saving me I needed that salvation Jesus maybe you're here today and you're going man I just there's some things in my life that I gotta get right here's an idea get them right right where you're at to him right where you're at. Say, God, this, I want to live right, God. I want to have right living. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.